Hello and welcome to Get That Grad Job, a podcast brought to you by the Lancaster University Careers Team. Today's theme is LinkedIn. I'm Hannah, your host, and I'm joined by three guests. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, please, could you all just introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm, I'm Nick. I'm Nick Holmes. I was a Lancaster graduate from way back when, uh, graduating <laughs> with an undergraduate degree in geography and then a postgrad diploma in business uh, from the management school. I've uh, since built a career in sales, both with major blue chip organisations and smaller challenger brands. Um, I spent four years or so self-employed doing contract consultancy and project roles, uh, but find myself in this COVID time looking for a new job myself. So hopefully can pass on some experience both as an employer and as a job hunter. Fab, thank you. Thank you for having me along today, Hannah. Really good to be speaking about LinkedIn. Um, my name's Matthew Howard, and I'm the Undergraduate Careers Manager down in the Management School. My day job is supporting students from first year through to final year with any aspects of their career planning, looking for part-time jobs, internships, and an awful lot of time spent supporting final year students as they navigate the jobs market. And obviously, at the time of recording, we're currently in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. So there are lots of impacts on students looking for graduate opportunities. So we've never been busier. Uh, my role <laughs> also supports um, our employer events function as well. So working with companies, um, alumni, as, as well as uh, industry to really help students connect their experiences and, and their time at Lancaster with industry as well. So use LinkedIn for a variety of different purposes, but mainly to support students here at Lancaster. Fab, thank you. Hi everyone, um, I'm Will and I'm a current final year student at Lancaster University studying history. Um, I recently finished an internship uh, virtually at HSBC over the summer 2020 and was the winner of the first generation award um, for target jobs undergraduate of the year. Thanks and I'm so glad that you've joined us today because each of you are going to bring such different knowledge and experience. So I guess firstly the question is why do you use LinkedIn? Yeah I can start off um, I guess from a Lancaster perspective. Um, so as I briefly mentioned in my opening intro, I use LinkedIn an awful lot to support students and to support graduates at Lancaster. And I think day to day using LinkedIn in a really proactive way to support my employer, I guess. So putting Lancaster on the map, sharing success stories from the university and um, sharing insights into what the careers team have been doing at Lancaster, particularly over the last couple of months, you know, innovative new ways of delivering uh, modules or events. So for example, panel sessions that we've been running instead of running a face-to-face -face, uh, event, it's been run online and really sharing good practice. But to be honest, Hannah, a lot of it is really supporting students. So the majority of my time is spent interacting with students and graduates on LinkedIn. And I'm sure we'll talk about the news feed, but supporting students in their use of it, offering advice and guidance, um, as well as, as I mentioned, networking with industry as well. So making sure that I'm up to date with what employers are doing, what their recruitment practices are. Um, I've got a network of recruiters as well as alumni. So you get a really good feel for what the, the industry um, sectors are doing, how they're responding to COVID-19, that kind of stuff. So there's quite a few things that I do use LinkedIn for on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm sure that I'm sure Will will talk more from a student perspective, but I do think LinkedIn is a really powerful tool because it is a community. It's a chance for you to to see what's happening in different industries. It's an insight into those industries that you would never normally have without a platform like LinkedIn. It's a good chance to do research. Um, but more than that, I think it's just 
because it's such a, a positive community, it's a chance for people to support each other, particularly in times of crisis or challenges we're facing at the moment with job <laughs> searching and, and things like that. Yeah, there's there's uh, probably two things I would add to that, Matthew, that um, that kind of uh, sometimes get forgotten about the LinkedIn platform, and that uh, it's often viewed as a, a platform for business and for learning about business and and the information sharing uh, and for job hunting. Um, but I but I've used it uh, recently, or sort of in my sales career. In two other uh, areas that are, I think are quite important, uh, one is that there's a, there's an excellent learning platform within LinkedIn, and there's a there's a wide variety of free courses, webinars, uh, and and video um, education tools, if you like. That if you're looking to get into a, per- a particular area, or if you want to improve your skills in a particular area. It, let's say it might be negotiation or sales skills or uh, or, or whatever it might be. There's a there's a wide um, portfolio of uh, of learning tools there. And the second, from a from a sales perspective, from a professional salesman perspective, is I've recently got more into using sale, the Sales Navigator tool, which enables you to. Um, broaden your search and find and target key customers or, or key potential customers from a sales perspective. Uh, and this tool could equally be used in terms of filtering down who you might want to target from a job hunting perspective. Uh, so I think there are there are sort of additional tools in there over and above the community piece that you talked about that sometimes get forgotten but make it an important platform for business ongoing and not just for job hunting. From a student perspective, um, it's interesting how kind of your use of LinkedIn changes throughout your time as a student. Um, <laughs> For sure. At, at first, it was definitely more um, learning about business areas and different sectors and maybe what interests you um, and following maybe companies which were of interest. And then as kind of your progr- your career progression and your student progression develops, it kind of heightens and you narrow it down into more specific areas. And following my time at HBC, I've my main use of LinkedIn now is kind of keeping in contact with the network that I created at HSBC, um, the mentors there, and making sure that I'm still involved in that sector um, for future careers. Um, but definitely along with what Nick was saying with the LinkedIn learning, it's got a vast array of tools. Um, I've done numerous hours on it, uh, doing extensive Excel courses and stuff, which um, I wouldn't have been able to do. And they are all free, um, I believe. And it really does bolster not just your CV, but actually your ability um, to work as well. I think, uh, Will, what you what you're doing there um, sounds like kind of the start of one of the other key tools for me for LinkedIn, and and we might might get onto this in uh, in further discussion. But it's about the ability to use LinkedIn to build your own personal brand, as it were, mm-hmm. to uh, to to establish yourself as a an expert in your field or, or somebody who's even just a, a player in that particular game um, uh, using your network but also then what you, you know, what you contribute to the community um, either through posts or likes and shares uh, and, and using your HSBC network will be a key part of starting to build that personal brand I think. 
So Nick, tell me a little bit more about that. So you talked about utilising your personal brand. How would students kind of go about that? What would be the first te- steps that they would take? Uh, I think the first steps are uh, really about what your profile looks like. Uh, mm-hmm. As with as with all social media platforms, I guess, the this is the public persona. This is what the, the public get to see of you. Um, and it's important to have that kind of profile right from the start mm-hmm. um and this is different from you know you're not you're not on instagram or snapchat or anything now it's uh it's not posting posting pictures of drunk nights out or or posts of cute fluffy cats um this this is kind of a, an opportunity to showcase uh what you've done what you've achieved what your skill set is but also to talk about your um, your interests and your ambitions, I guess, uh, particularly when you're starting out on your working life and working career. And so, so I think kind of you know that that's those sort of elements tie into um, creating your personal brand on LinkedIn. Uh, so, profile picture your statement your personal statement the the about section in your profile i think are probably two really important parts um i can see on our kind of zoom meeting here that matthew's nodding his head furiously from a <laughs> uh, from a kind of a career's advice point of view have you got something to add to that how does that sound to you matthew yeah i would completely agree with everything you said there and and i kind of Building on what Will said in terms of how students' use of LinkedIn will change, I would really just encourage anyone that's listening that's new to using LinkedIn or the concepts of sort of building your personal brand just to, to, to really consider that you do have some really great things that you could add to your LinkedIn profile, as Nick mentioned there. So your skills, your interests, any society experience that you've been involved in. You know, lots of first year students, for example, do have things they could add to their profiles. And as you progress through your degree, as Will is doing, you'll find you'll feel more confident about what you're adding there. You'll pick up internships and part-time jobs and placements and other things that you can add to that. So, but because it is that opportunity really for you to continue to build your brand all the way through your career, you, you, your use does change all the time. And Nick picked up on a really good point there around the the about section, the, the profile at the top of the, of the LinkedIn profile. That's an opportunity for everyone really in your own words in a couple of sentences to sort of showcase your elevator pitch which is what we call, obviously, in, in the LUMS, in, in management school, in the marketing department. Um, your elevator pitch is a chance for you in, we usually say, about 30 seconds to showcase your key identity, your key skills, experiences, and crucially, I think, as well for a student, you know, why you're using LinkedIn, you know, what is your goal? You know, are you looking for a particular role in a particular sector? Are you not quite sure what you would like to do, but you know that you'd like to work in a, in a certain direction? Um but it's a chance for you to to really showcase those key skills and experiences in your own words. And I mean, having reviewed an awful lot of student CVs and, and LinkedIn profiles alongside it, it's really important that you do have a strong um, opening about section. And that's probably the section I would read um, as a careers advisor. I'm not too sure, Nick, if you'd agree as, a, as, I guess, an industry professional. But I don't usually read too much further down the profile. I usually kind of focus on the first section. I might skim read the rest of it. But if a student or a professional can really, in a, in a very clear, concise, eloquent way, summarise their professional identity, that can be a really powerful 
thing to include on a LinkedIn profile. I don't know if you would agree, Will, as a student, in terms of uh, the kinds of things that you could add to your LinkedIn profile and the, I guess, the power of the opening paragraph. Mm. I completely agree with that, that the opening paragraph needs to be something which is kind of eye-catching, but also, say if you're a student and you're only starting off with career ideas, it's something where maybe if someone reads it and you show an interest in certain sectors, um, there, there is a chance people could re- reach out to you, but also it helps um, if you reach out to them as well, where if you're interested in a certain sector and want to find out more, you can use your connections or your mutual connections and start to gain better insights. Um, that's a real great use of um, LinkedIn as well, kind of just messaging people and seeing what's on offer, um, the actual changing environment of each sector, which is especially important now because of COVID, which could be transforming the whole kind of work-life balance where you might be working only two days a week from the office rather than five days a week. It's all becoming more virtual. Um, it's really just enhancing all the tools that LinkedIn has to offer, and that's from your profile picture, your um, even your background banner. Um, just changing that from the default, I think it's the blue one, to something which um, shows a bit more about you, um, which could be like an achievement or could even be just an extra curricular activity to show you there's a different dimension to you. Um, just, I'd say, using every single tool that LinkedIn has to offer um, and filling out everything on your profile from skills and endorsements, um, every little detail can help. I, I, as a professional salesperson, I always say <laughs> that you you go from selling products and uh, and services to selling yourself. And as Brits, we're kind of naturally uh, reluctant to boast or to overplay ourselves. But I, what I always say to the students that I've been mentoring over the last few years is that you, you really don't shouldn't undersell yourself this is your opportunity to to really be selling almost step back from yourself uh, and view yourself as a product or a service that you're looking to sell and what are the kind of key points the the usps if you like uh, of that particular person product so you know matthew you talked about kind of how it evolves as you go through a, a student journey um and I I often see people forget to put or or don't think it's relevant to put in things like their Duke of Edinburgh experience that they might have done at school or any NCS stuff or captaincy of sports teams you know or if they're on a committee of one of the societies all those all those sorts of things that demonstrate skill sets uh, probably have achievements that come with them that are relevant to employers uh, as you as you kind of put yourself out there to, heading into the world of work, so definitely consider those and definitely don't undersell yourself. Yeah, I always think of it as your it's an opportunity to build a bit of a professional portfolio for yourself. It's a it's a lot more dynamic and interactive than a CV would be. <laughs> um, obviously, you can include links on a CV, but with LinkedIn, you can obviously there's all those sections, skills, interests, society experience, and go on there. Duke of Edinburgh, target jobs, undergraduate of the year awards, they can go on there. But it's an also a chance for you to create a post, and I'm sure we'll talk about this over the next um, couple of minutes, but an opportunity, if you have reached a milestone in your career or as a student, you know, you've been a member of an exec on the society, you've received your Lancaster Award, you know, you've applied for the Target Jobs Awards and you were shortlisted, 
or you've just had a really successful academic term and you want to celebrate what you've learned, what you've developed, how, how you've sort of advanced your, your skill sets, you can share that in a post or something on LinkedIn and actually highlight that feature that on your profile to build that professional portfolio for yourself. And it's a great opportunity for you to do so in, a, in, a, in the professional community domain. And you know, as you go through your career, you will obviously need to keep revisiting your profile, making sure things are up to date. Um, myself and Hannah are probably guilty of this, not really going back and actually thinking, you know, could I, <laughs> could I add something else? Or actually, I've done For something sure. more impressive than that now. I've moved, I've moved on to my next job. You know, can I tweak what I've written before? Um, I don't know if you'd agree, Hannah, um, on that one in terms yeah, of definitely. particularly if you've had a couple of roles as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think we've talked a lot about the profile, but I think the posting of things is equally as important as your profile. Um, so I've actually got a question for Will as a student. So Will, what do you post on LinkedIn? Um, I know you do post because this is why we've asked you into this podcast. Um, but what do you post on LinkedIn? And therefore kind of for Matthew and Nick, what therefore makes a good post on LinkedIn that you want to see? Um, so what content do you enjoy seeing? Um, in terms of what I post on LinkedIn, um, it's an array between kind of academic achievements, as Matthew was saying, um, but also advertising and, and marketing mm -hmm. events. So um, I would, let's say um, there was a careers event happening at the university, I'd do a post of that to try and spread awareness for that and try and get as many students involved in that as possible. Um, I'd also, if there was something that was um, happening in the sector that I'm working in next year, so the banking sector, then I'd post something which I found really interesting about that as well. Um, but it's mainly to do with kind of, I'd say as a student especially, kind of building your personal brand and creating a, a LinkedIn which does sell yourself, which seems a bit kind of self-centered, but that, at the end of the day, <laughs> that is kind of one of the main purposes of it, so that you build your own mm -hmm. personal brand and you seem attractive on LinkedIn. Um, and it also means that if, let's say, you've done X, Y, Z um, and someone else wants to follow in those steps, it means people can reach out as well and see that you've gone through those experiences. And I've had that where people saw um, undergraduate of the year and people have reached out and asked, oh, tips and tricks for application, how did you find the experience, is it worth doing, etc. And it's a great way then to actually help other students who were in your shoes a year before. And it's great to actually help them as well. Um, and try and see if well see how far they can get with the process as well that's that's a really important point will it's that you know linkedin is still a social network a social media network and the social part of that means you have conversations rather than just posting stuff and uh, and you know there's that's a two-way thing one is one is the commenting bit and then the second bit is the replying to and, and having that conversation and almost it's like it's like a face-to-face -face conversation where you listen as well as talk. It's it's that part of it that's really important. Um, I think kind of from what you've said, <clears throat> the the thing that makes a kind of a, a good post for me is well, there's probably sort of three things that that it has to be relevant to, to what I'm interested in for me. You know, the, there's probably loads of stuff out there that I don't think is a good post because it's not relevant to me. Um, so if you're posting, think about who your audience might be and is it relevant to them. Then is it informative and and insightful? Uh, I guess the, those are sort of sort of linked things. Uh, and then the third element, I, I often think, uh, 
The third element I often think about is whether it can stimulate a debate and whether you're just kind of posting something that's then almost closing stuff down or whether it's a it ends with an open question or, or will or will kind of garner that in, interest enough to create a, a conversation around it that other people will contribute to as well. I definitely agree with everything that Will and Nick have, have mentioned there. Um, particularly, I guess, thinking about the posts that I see on LinkedIn. The, the first thing I'd say is I like to see things that are authentic. So I like to see that actually, despite it being a virtual setting and obviously online, I can kind of see that this is actually something this person would have said. It's a true reflection of of, of them, you know. So thinking to, sure. to posts I've seen from Will and Hannah, I could definitely see that, you know, that, that what you've written is something that you would definitely say in, in real life. You know, it's, it's authentic. It's true to yourself. You're not just posting because you feel like you should. Um, you know, you're posting because you want to add value to the network that's around you. And that's that's really important. Um, Nick, you mentioned a little bit about obviously relevance. And I think that also taps into something I wanted to mention about building a network around you that is is relevant to you, really. So you, obviously you can connect with anyone. You can send a connection request to anyone. But as a student and as a graduate, I would argue that it's better to build a network around you of support of people that, you know, firstly, that you hopefully do know or at the very least are connected to Lancaster in some way or the sector that you're interested in. But don't just go out there and connect with everyone and try and get 500 <laughs> plus connections. 100%. Because you'll, you'll just see lots of noise on your feed then. Yeah, but quality you want over to do, quantity. It, yeah, it's definitely quality <laughs> quality over quantity. You want to be able to go through your newsfeed and, and think, wow, you know, this is really impressive stuff from my network. This is content I want to read. This is content I want to engage with. Um, and, you know, obviously we're all, we're all really stretched for time. You don't want to be having to kind of fight through lots of, lots of noise when you're on your newsfeed. Um, the other thing I just say around um, content is that when you are creating content, don't be afraid to use hashtags as well. It's not something that we talk about a lot, but it's an opportunity for you to spread the reach of your post. So particularly if you're looking for a job or if you've done something in a certain sector, so Will, for example, with HSBC, you know, you could use relevant hashtags, you know, financial markets or, or something like that. And then people that do follow those hashtags will see it as well. So if you if you are kind of being really proactive and deep in looking for an opportunity and um, thinking about spreading that reach, and I guess, you know, it, it could support you if you are also working on behalf of an organization so myself and Hannah do this a lot for Lancaster but mm -hmm. if anyone's listening and they're you know responsible for a society or if you you know if you have secured a placement or a grad job this could also support you in your professional role as well but definitely I think be authentic that would be my my big tip and don't just rush out there to build a network because you feel like you should I don't really want to see any first year <laughs> students with more than 500 connections because I don't think it's possible <laughs> yeah yeah Absolutely. We've talked about so much stuff today and we are running out of time. Um, so I'm just wondering if you could just each give us um, a top tip or a couple of top tips, um, especially focused on those final years and graduates that are really focusing on using LinkedIn at the moment. Yeah, I'll start off with, with my top tips. So um, we've mentioned obviously a lot about creating really good content and the LinkedIn profile and a couple of the tools that are out there that we definitely recommend. One tool that I think sometimes goes hidden is the alumni tool. The mm -hmm. alumni tool is a really good opportunity for you to see where Lancaster graduates have gone on to after they've obviously left uh, Lancaster itself. You can find this by going onto the Lancaster University page itself. So type Lancaster University into the search bar. And it's currently, it's uh, it's got a picture of the Leica building just behind 
uh, on the profile. On the desktop version, on the left-hand side, the fourth tab down, it's, see, it's a little bit hidden. It says alumni. <laughs> if you click on there, there's around about 95,000 Lancaster graduates out there in the world, lots of different sectors, industries, geographies. So as a student and as a recent graduate, if you're looking for inspiration around different career paths, if you're looking to see you know, where students, where graduates have gone after 5, 10, 20 years on your course, you could use that really to find and inspire your own career planning. Will mentioned a little bit about messaging as well. Obviously, you could potentially reach out to some of these alumni to ask for advice and guidance. And really, as an opportunity for you, if you are kind of in the mix for an opportunity, if you've got an interview coming up for a particular organisation, sometimes it helps just to have a, a very quick conversation with someone who's working there who can give you a particular angle or some top tips for you to, to really excel. So I would definitely encourage you to, to think about using the alumni tool as a, as a top tip from me. So from my side, I think um, I would say... Firstly, get your profile up to a good standard before you start pushing mm -hmm. too hard on connections. Um, this is your shot window, and it might and it might be the first impression somebody gets of you. So, make sure that it's a good impression. Um, the cliche says first impressions last, right? So, um, then when you get to connecting, I think always have a reason for connecting to someone with someone, uh, and always include a little note when you ask them to connect saying why you want to connect and how how you can add value to their network as well as how they can add value to yours. And start with people you know well and connect with them and don't be afraid to then ask them if they can think of anybody that you should connect with in a particular field or company or area that you, that you might be interested to. And perhaps even get them to introduce you uh, through through LinkedIn. We, t we said right at the beginning that you know, or earlier that, quali that quality of network is better than quantity of network. And then I think probably the final two sort of tips for me would be when you've gone through that first initial process, ask somebody that you know and trust to look at your page and review it and suggest improvements. Um, and then a bit of a technical one and slightly differently, make sure that you're following relevant groups and business pages as well. On, mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, so not just individuals. Great. Well, must have been covered there. I was about to say what <laughs> Nick just said about um, getting your peers to look over your like LinkedIn shop window before you actually um, start connecting with people. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say you kind of use the most out of LinkedIn it has to offer. So going back to LinkedIn learning, especially with the uh, current job market, a lot of graduate roles um, in certain sectors uh, want Python. And other like coding softwares and like LinkedIn uh, uh, Learning offers quite a lot of them as courses and to get qualifications if you sit the exam at the end for it. Um, also using kind of the LinkedIn who's viewed your profile function as well. Um, so seeing actually where your reach is going to. I think every week um, you get a notification saying whereabouts people um, or what institutions they're from who view your profile. So you can see kind of where your reach is from there and see if, let's say, 10% are from the university, see if they're students, see if they're careers team, see if they're alumni or people looking for hiring, and then you can kind of tailor your posts towards that as well. So like kind of understanding your reach as well and seeing how you, either you can extend it or either how to tailor your posts to make it more relevant and maybe more um, exciting for people who are actually viewing them. 
Absolutely. And I guess my final top tip would be just to don't be afraid to reach out to the careers team because myself and Hannah and colleagues across the university are here to support you with your use of LinkedIn. You know, we're very um, happy to support students from first year through to final year and graduation with any aspect of using the platform. We do have lots of support on offer, including a series of webinars that are coming up in November this year, 2020. And these webinars run all the way through the academic year, so we'll keep running them as long as we need them and focused on supporting students with with every aspect of LinkedIn. So creating a profile, all the tools that we've mentioned that Will and Nick have mentioned as well, the alumni tool, messaging, creating content, etc. And my last tip as well would be just to, you know, do do be aware of it's a really challenging time at the moment. There's a lot of anxiety around job searching. There's an awful lot of um, challenges out there in terms of industry sectors. But do reach out to the careers team because we're here to support you with that. That's what we're here Mm -hmm. for. We're here to help you navigate uh, what is a very challenging time. So, um, yeah, that's my final two top tips. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. This has been a really interesting conversation and we hope it's been interesting for you too who are listening. So thank you for listening to Get That Grad Job. Thank you especially to my brilliant guests. Tune in next time for more information and advice on getting your grad job. Bye.